Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 226 of the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. There are a ton of podcasts out there, and you could be listening to any of them, but you are listening to this one, and for that, I am incredibly thankful. Today, we are getting into a subject that I believe impacts almost all of us. I mean, who hasn't at some point sat at a table or on their couch or wherever and been like, oh, God, I just ate way too much. Like, I just, man, I overate. Like, why did I overeat? So that's what we're getting into today, overeating. I thought about calling this episode Overeating 101, <laughs> you know, like a college course. But really, it's not 101. It's it's a little more advanced than that. So if you just overeat once every blue moon and it's not a big deal for you, you can probably skip this episode. I hope you won't because I think it can be helpful, but you probably could. This episode is more for people who struggle with overeating, for people who struggle with eating more than they want to or eating foods they really don't want to or, you know, they just they struggle to make the food choices that line up with their goals. We're going to get into all that today. We're going to talk about why we overeat, why we eat more than we really want to, why we feel like sometimes we just can't stop eating in the moment, why we sometimes eat when we don't even want to eat anything at all. Like, I'm not even hungry. Why am I shoveling this food in my face? Or why we sometimes eat things that we really don't want to eat in the first place. We'll get into the different things that cause us to overeat, like the things that drive, that, drive us to do that. And we will wrap it all up. I'll explain three steps to help you stop overeating. Sound good? <laughs> okay, good. I hope so. I hope you'll hang around for it. So here's the thing. I believe that overeating can be fueled by a bunch of different things, but I think there are three primary drivers. There are three things that lead us to overeat and make it just a lot more difficult to control food choices. I've covered these first two pretty in depth in a previous episode. It was back in the 100s, 130-something, 160-something. I'm sorry, I didn't check before the podcast, but you can go check it out. Um, but the, so these three things, we're going to go over the first two quickly. And then the third one, we're really going to dig into more. So the first driver for overeating is, is what I just call the body. It's, it's the biochemical element of overeating. And there's a lot of things that can be going on in your body to lead you to overeat. You could have, you know, roller coaster, blood sugar, and insulin levels. You could be under eating for part of the day or part of a week. And then like overeating like crazy, another part of the day or another part of the week, some people just don't drink enough water on a regular basis, and so then their body makes them feel hungry so that they'll just get more fluid in because our thirst mechanism is really weak and we often don't even realize when we're thirsty. Or it could just be an issue of chronic nutrient deficiencies where we just are chronically deficient in manganese or or vitamin B6 or magnesium or zinc or whatever, and our body can't like tap us on the shoulder and go, hey, Go take a multivitamin. Hey, go eat this food that's rich in zinc because you're deficient. So what does your body do? It just makes you hungry, and it just makes you keep eating because you have this nutrient deficiency. Not a deficiency for one day, but chronically you have this deficiency. So all of those are elements, physiologically speaking, like biochemically, that can impact 
how we eat that can cause us to overeat. That's the first thing. That's the body and the biochemical element. The second thing, the second driver is your brain. So body, brain. And when I say brain, what I mean by that is our views on weight loss and our views on food and our views on eating in general. And and this is where the dreaded all or nothing mindset can really derail us. If we think about losing weight and like we approach losing weight and weight loss with a rigid versus a flexible approach, and we begin to categorize and think of foods as right and wrong and good and bad, well, then all of this can really just swirl in our brain and play into overeating. And before we know it, we feel defeated and we're not taking control of food choices because why should we even try to take control or do anything positive? Because it's impossible to be successful. That's how it starts to feel. And if your mindset is full of that rigid on, off, all, nothing approach to losing weight where there are good foods that are okay to eat and there are bad foods that are not okay and then you feel guilty when you do bad because these are bad foods, well then absolutely losing weight and doing it quote unquote right which is just a code word for perfect. That's what the bully in your brain tells you. You need to do this right. And what that really means is you need to do this perfectly, which is just impossible. So, of course, it feels impossible. So then the logical conclusion is why even try? Just eat whatever you want and enjoy yourself. Now, if that can't contribute to overheating and making poor food choices, then I don't know what can. So those are the first two things, your body and your brain. Both of those can be drivers for overeating. Third is our emotions, and this is the one that I want to take a deeper dive into today because I I believe it plays a much bigger role than a lot of people give it credit for, and I believe it's as much, probably more than our body or our brain. This is the primary driver that I see for overeating and making food choices that we often aren't happy with or we feel ashamed about. So it's our emotions, and more accurately, it's it's our perception of what's happening in our life, because that's really all that emotions are. Something happens in life, we have a perception of what happened, we tell ourselves a story about what happened, and therefore we have an emotion related to that thing that happened. And this is a huge factor for overeating. Like I said, I believe it's one of the biggest reasons that people struggle to achieve a healthy body weight or lose weight in the first place. Ultimately, what's going on here is food is being used It's being used for something it shouldn't be used for. Food is playing a role in a person's life that it shouldn't play. Often food is just playing too big of a role in someone's life. See, we will have some sort of a deficiency in our lives, and whether we realize it or not, we're using food to address it. Just like a nutrient deficiency, there is something in our life that is lacking. So we go to food for relief. And then here is the cruel twist. (laughs) It's rewarded biochemically in our body, in our brain. It is rewarded, at least in the short term. We eat a bunch of food, probably a lot of sugar, carbs, salt, or fat. We flood our system with a ton of calories, and our body's response is to pump out some feel-good chemicals. Why? Because from a purely survival standpoint, your body is way more concerned with starvation than being overweight. It's way more concerned with starving to death than eventually getting heart disease or cancer or not being able to fit into your pants. Your body just says, hey, look, give me plenty of food because that's what keeps us alive. So when you overeat, there's a surge of various hormones and neurotransmitters that make you feel good. But (laughs) notice I use the word surge. 
The problem is what almost always happens after a surge. There's a crash, right? And that's exactly what happens. Scientists like to say that there is no biological free lunch. In other words, our bodies will balance things out. Our bodies will find balance when it's all said and done. So after the feel-good surge, there's often a feel-not-so-good crash of those neurotransmitters and hormones. We get relief in the moment, but we pay for it later. My friends, food is like the most accessible, acceptable, available drug. When you combine the borderline drug-like effects of overeating certain foods with a bunch of negative emotions that we don't know how to deal with, you've got a recipe for weight problems. This is a big reason why America has an obesity problem. We're self-medicating with food. I believe it's incredibly similar to what a drug addict might experience. It's so easy for someone who doesn't struggle with drug addiction to look at an addict or alcoholic and see how they're using some substance, a drug or alcohol, to make up for something that's wrong, that's deficient in their life. It's so easy for a non-addict to say, hey, look, can't you see? Can't you see that this is ruining your life? Why don't you just stop? Just stop it. Your life will be so much better. (laughs) But it's so hard for us to see that we sometimes, or maybe often, do the exact same thing. It's just that our drug is more available and acceptable and accessible. We're using a substance too, but our substance is food. And we're using it in an attempt to make up for something that's wrong, something that's deficient in our life. Now, as a coach, I can watch people's habits and patterns and make a similar statement that one might say to an addict. Can't you see what you're doing? Can't you see how this is ruining your chances of achieving your goals, how this is ruining your chances for losing weight and having the life that you really want. I mean, why don't you just stop? But I would never say that. Hopefully, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know I would never say that because it's just not that easy, is it? There's so much more to it than just knowing we should stop. It's like, gee, thanks, Captain Obvious. You know, I had no idea that all of that overeating was actually working against my weight loss goals. So I'll just stop doing that. As I often like to say, there's a tremendous difference between knowledge and know-how. And it's rarely a lack of knowledge. Like we know, like, okay, overeating doesn't help me with my weight loss goals. It's not a lack of knowledge. We know that. It's a lack of know-how that keeps us from achieving our goals. I want to try to give you a little more know-how in this episode. I try to give you more know-how in all of the episodes, but especially this episode, okay? So hang with me. We eat to temporarily feel better. Like we just said, it's like a drug. Even if we don't go as extreme as addiction, we can say it's like caffeine or ibuprofen, which is basically Advil. If you need more energy, you haven't gotten enough sleep, you're really tired, caffeine does the trick. Boom. It makes you feel better, gives you more energy for a little while. But then what happens? It drops you. You have some pain, something's hurting, ibuprofen does the trick. Tylenol, Advil, whatever your your pain reliever is, it does the trick. It reduces or eliminates the pain and makes you feel better for a little while. But then it wears off and the pain is back. With caffeine, ibuprofen, or food, the issue is the same. It's all short-term relief. They mask the underlying issue. 
They, ma- they make you feel better, but they don't address the underlying problem. And until that is addressed, we're not going to truly get better. We'll be stuck relying on going back to, again and again, that short-term fix. This is probably why a lot of people consume way too much caffeine, and it's definitely why some people consume way too much food kind of against their own will. It's why many of us overeat and eat even when we don't want to or really aren't that hungry. And because of this short-term relief that we get, an unhealthy connection is made. Using food for relief gets ingrained, and then it becomes a habit just a normal part of who we are, it's just what we do, and then it's a pattern of our life. And we're overweight, unhappy, and we don't know how to stop or what to do about it. And some of you right there just maybe screamed amen and nodded your head, right? And I'm sorry it's that way, but I want to try to help. So what are we going to do about it? Look, I can't magically fix it for you. I would love to, but I can't. But hopefully I can help you move in the right direction. I'm going to share a few common deficiencies. Remember, like I said earlier, overeating is often because we have some deficiency in our lives. And whether we realize it or not, we're using food to address it. There is something in our life that is lacking, so we go to food for relief. If we can figure out the deficiency, aha, then we can begin to move in a positive direction. So I'm going to share three of the most common ones that I see with you. And then I'll explain three steps to help you begin to overcome overeating, to hopefully stop overeating. Deficiency number one is a willingness to feel emotions. In other words, we aren't willing to face and feel whatever emotion it is that we're having. If it's negative... We just want to avoid it. You're feeling sad, anxious, insignificant, depressed, disappointed, mad, frustrated, discouraged, hurt, ashamed, embarrassed, overwhelmed, overloaded, or just super stressed. Well, you can face it and actually feel it or... You can just bury it under a bunch of food. Get that short-term kick of energy and feel-good chemicals and just kick the can down the road. Just put off dealing with, facing, and actually feeling that emotion until another day. I'll deal with that another day. And then maybe, hopefully, you know what? I won't won't even have to feel it at all. Maybe if I ignore it long enough, it will just go away. I hate to break it to you, but that's really just not how it works. That crap, (laughs) that junk builds up like a toxin inside your mind and your body. Plus, all the eating you're doing to bury that emotion along the way, well, all that stuff, it just is going to create more negative emotions and further ingrain this super unhealthy connection or belief that emotions require food for treatment. So all of that is deficiency number one, our unwillingness to face or feel emotions. Deficiency number two, is, in, is a, our ability to understand or process emotions. And this is kind of like the sequel to deficiency number one. Often we refuse to face or feel our emotions, that's deficiency number one, because we don't know what to do with it. We have an inability, we have a deficiency in our ability, we have an inability to understand or process emotions. 
What I've found is that people often can't even name the emotion they're feeling. This is a surefire sign that someone lacks the ability or the skill, if you will, to understand and process their emotions. Anyone can struggle with this, okay? But men, oh my goodness, us men are notoriously bad at naming, understanding, and processing emotions. This is why a lot of men seem so angry most of the time. (laughs) I shouldn't say a lot. This is why some men can seem so angry a lot of the time. They might actually be sad, depressed, stressed, or discouraged, but they can't see that. They can't understand and identify what they're feeling, so they just get mad. It's like every emotion is funneled down into anger. Ladies, some of you are better at this, but you're not totally off the hook. (laughs) If for men, most emotions funnel to anger, for women, emotions can often funnel to sadness or just get piled into a big, overwhelming mound of stress. Men get angry. Women tend to get stressed and or sad. Now, of course, this is not true for all men or for every woman, so please, I don't, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But it can be somewhat common. So that's what I believe is the second big deficiency. It's our ability to understand or process emotions. We like that. We have an inability to understand or process our emotions. Next up is number three, and it might surprise you a little bit. Deficiency number three. Positive emotions like happiness, joy, excitement, or fun. Overeating and emotional eating is not just about avoiding an, like negative emotions. It can also be about trying to produce or manufacture positive emotions. If someone has a lack of positive emotions in their life and So important, they have a lack of things that naturally bring those positive emotions, stuff like quality social interactions, hobbies that they really enjoy, uh, projects or work that bring excitement and meaning to their life, a worthwhile goal that, that they are pursuing, fun things to look forward to in their future. If someone's life is lacking these critical things that naturally bring positive emotions, then there's a really good chance they will eventually begin to go to food. They'll begin to use food kind of to artificially manufacture happiness. But as we've already said, the problem is that happiness and any other positive emotions that come from food, it's short-lived. And we're ingraining this very mentally, physically, and emotionally unhealthy belief or connection that food equals happiness. Food is what I go to for happiness or for joy or for excitement. Now, Please don't misunderstand. I do not believe that food is just fuel. Like, we, we, oh my gosh, we see that on social media, right? Like, you know, food is just fuel to me now. I lost weight because I realized that food is just fuel. Like, if that works for somebody, great. But that's not what I'm teaching or preaching. No, 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 no. I believe food should be enjoyed, and it should be fun as much as possible. (laughs) But that's totally different than relying on food for the majority of the fun in our life. Just think back in your life to times when you had nothing going on. No excitement, no fun. Maybe you were even kind of bored. What did you do? What did you want to do? There's a good chance your brain went to food. Ha! Let's eat something. Yay! That'll be fun. (laughs) Now think back to a time when you were doing something that was really exciting or fun. Maybe you're on vacation Maybe it was something else that really, you know, grabbed your attention. Something that you really enjoyed and got consumed with. In that situation, right in the middle of it, were you like, hold on, 
I want a piece of cake. I really, I really want a cookie. I want some delicious indulgent food right now. No, right? This is exactly what I'm talking about. The problem on a grand scale happens when someone's typical day-to-day life is like the first scenario I described, where there's, there's nothing happening consistently to produce enough excitement, fun, or happiness. So food and overeating can become the primary source for those Im- positive emotions. Really... If we pull back and we just look at all three of these deficiencies, I believe it can all be summed up kind of succinctly. When we're overeating, using food for some type of relief in our life, I believe that the majority of the time, maybe 99% of the time, we're either just scared or we're sad. We're scared of the emotions that we may have to face or we're just sad and we want some positive emotion to lift us out of that. We're sad and we want to feel something positive and happy in life. <sighs> so, here is what I recommend. And this is kind of a little treat because it's a three-step process that I recently shared with my Inner Circle coaching group on a recent coaching call. So, if you struggle with overeating or if you may call it emotional eating, whatever, grab a pen And maybe take some notes, okay? Here we go. First step, identify your deficiency. I've just given you a ton of information. Maybe go back and listen to this episode again, okay? Maybe share it with a friend and you guys discuss it. That can be really powerful. I've given you a lot of information so you can hopefully kind of sort through things and identify your deficiency. Which one is primarily driving your food choices and overeating? How do you determine this? Well, like I said, go back through, maybe talk to a friend about it. But basically what you've got to do when it all boils down is get super crazy honest with yourself and ask why. Why are you eating or why are you about to eat? Ask and keep asking. Keep asking why. Okay, but why really? Okay, but really why? What is it? And then keep being super raw and super real and super honest. And you will get to the real reason eventually. So that's step one. Identify your deficiency. Step two, play it out. Like once you're there in that moment and you're thinking about eating that food or you're having trouble stopping, whatever it is, in that moment, play it out. Okay, I'm going to pause just for a second. And I'm going to ask myself, will I truly be happy? Like will I be pleased with my choice if I move forward with this? If I eat or do what I normally would do, will I be happy about that choice? Will I be truly, sincerely, authentically happy with myself and just in general in life? And if not, then go to step number three. And that is to ask, what can I do instead of eat? What can I replace this Food with to address my deficiency. What can I do to begin addressing this issue, this underlying issue, in a non-food way? Those are three simple steps that are incredibly powerful, I promise. But they can also be pretty, pretty tough to do. So here's the thing, guys. Whenever something is simple, we, we're attracted to it. But then when we realize, wait a minute, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. This, it's simple, but it's, it's kind of tough. This is kind of challenging. 
Whenever that happens, then we're likely to hear it, but not do it. Oh, please don't do that. Don't just be a listener. Be a doer. When I was growing up, maybe my favorite book of the Bible was James. And there's a quote from the first chapter that I love. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise, you are just fooling yourself. I absolutely, look, please don't misunderstand. I absolutely love that you listen to this podcast. I love that you're a hearer (laughs) of this podcast. I am honored by that, truly. And I hope you'll continue to listen and continue to benefit. But what I really want, what I really deep down want is for you to have success. I want you to make progress with your body and to change your life. And listening, hearing can be helpful. But doing, Ooh, that's where the real magic happens. So I hope you'll do just that. (laughs) I hope you'll be a doer and not just a hearer. I hope you'll take action with the three steps and begin to gain tremendous insight into why you might be overeating and how you can begin to change that. It might be tough, but it will be worth it. I promise. Now, I also hope that you'll share this episode with someone who might need to or want to hear it. Like I mentioned earlier, that can be incredibly beneficial for both of you. Get a little <laughs> get a little real-life weight loss posse going on, you know? Like getting you and a few of your friends who can you know, maybe discuss some of these podcast episodes and, you know, see how you can implement things in your life. That could be incredibly helpful. And then, lastly, I also hope that you know there's so much more to you than just a number. And losing weight, man, it's really all about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted. And I am 100% confident that you can do it. Do you sense any doubt in my voice? I am 100% confident in you. Now, you might not believe it yet. You might not believe it as much as I do, and that's okay. You keep coming back. I'll keep doing my best, and we will get you there, okay? Okay. Take care, my friends. God bless. Bye-bye.